When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Football Asia with Paul Williams. Yes, we round out the show as usual with Football Asia and Paul Williams from the Asian Game Podcast. Evening, Paolo. Simon, Alex, how are you guys? Very good. good uh, so the big news in, in Asia is that uh, Kevin Muscat has left Yokohama F. Marinos and become the new coach of Shanghai Port in China. Was that a bit of a surprise move for you? Uh, it was because he'd been linked to so many jobs in Europe over the last month or two that I think the expectation was that once he announced or once it was announced that he was leaving Yokohama, that he would go to Europe and, and pick up a job somewhere in the UK or, or on the continent as well. But um, it's it's China that he's going to instead. And I can I can understand the bemusement and the reaction to it because on the face of it, it does seem like a, a backwards move. I mean, China is... Far from where it was five or ten years ago, the league is nowhere in comparison to to the J League. To to leave the J League to go to China um, does seem like a, a backward step. But I think all things considered, it felt like the right time for him to leave Yokohama after two and a half seasons. And then the question is, what next? And if he couldn't get a job in in Europe, then I guess looking elsewhere in in Asia was was going to be the next best option for him. And despite everything that's that's gone on in in Chinese football. Shanghai Port are, are still a big club within the country. They've still got a bit of a, a legacy hangover from their glory years of, you know, Oscar, Hulk and, and co. So, and, and given everything in China, they are one of the stable clubs as well. So he walked into a pretty stable environment, the defending champions who are going to be in the Champions League. So if he couldn't get the opportunity in Europe, which it appears that he doesn't, then it's probably not a bad option for him. And I'll be fascinated to see how he goes because China is a very different beast to Japan. So it'll be fascinating to see how he gets on. And the uh, FIFA Club World Cup is underway in Saudi Arabia. One of the Asian representatives, Aliti, had uh, already out, losing 3-1 to Egypt's Al-Akhli. And the other, Urawa Red Diamonds, faced Manchester City tonight. Uh, are they any chance? No chance. Any chance. <laughs> uh, to, to quote their, uh, their striker, Brian Linson, nothing is impossible. Um, that's been the line from Urawa for the last couple of days. Effectively, why not? The, the whole, you know, if it, if it bleeds, we can kill it kind of thing. So they know it will be tough. They know that they are the, the rank underdogs against Man City. But in, in a one-off game, you know, anything is possible if you get a a lucky penalty or a little bit of luck go your way, then then why not? But they're going to be up against it. I think everyone knows that, you know, um, you know, pound for pound, Man City are a, a far stronger football team. So um, I'd be staggered if Arawa were to somehow get through. But, you know, going into the game, they're, they're not afraid. They're going in, eyes wide open, saying, you know, why not? Why can't we pull off an upset? But I think it'll be a surprise. And just quickly on Etihad, it was, it was pretty disappointing uh, result for them. I think much more externally, much more was expected from them. I think internally within Saudi Arabia, given their form this season, um, they're so far off the pace domestically. They sacked their coach a month ago. Um, I think 
something like this was was feared that it was going to happen. Um, Marcelo Gallardo's only had about a month in in charge, and you can start to see a little bit of his imprint on the team, but he just hasn't had long enough to uh, to work with the team. Perhaps if Benzema's penalty goes in at half time, just before half time, and it's one one, then things could have been different. But I think that's just the form that Eddie had her in at the moment. So um, unfortunately for the uh, the home side, there was uh, no fairy tale. I'll tell you what, the way City are defending at the moment, Uruguay might be a chance. Um, speaking of the World Cup, the Club World Cup, that is, uh, it's about to expand, of course, as per the big announcement during the week. 32 teams featuring four from the Asian Confederation. Uh, does that help revitalise the Asian Champions League a bit? I mean, we know that the Europeans don't like it, but um, I reckon this is not a bad uh, development for football in our neck of the woods. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't know if I'm in the minority or the majority. I don't know, but I'm I'm a fan of this new format. I think it's going to be bigger than what people realise it's it's going to be. And what I think it's going to do is it's going to revitalise and revolutionise club football, not just in here. It's going to do it across the world, pretty much everywhere outside of, of Europe. And I think, if we're completely honest, I think the game needs it around the world. Um, you know, if the purse is as big as being reported some suggest it's going to be upwards of 50 million euros just for, for qualifying that's 80 million australian just to uh to make it and that's a game changer you know, isn't it but that's a total game changer that's staggering money for any club even european clubs that's a staggering amount of money i think it's 100 million euro that's been reported if you uh if you win the competition so you know for clubs in asia even you know clubs in saudi arabia but particularly clubs even here in Australia on this side of the continent that's it's life-changing kinds of money and we know that the prize money for the Champions League is increasing to to 12 million for the winners but given that comes with you know Club World Cup qualification um 12 million US that is um it effectively makes that prize pull about 65 to 70 million dollars so that's an enormous carrot to dangle in front of teams um now in in the Champions League there's there still needs to be better redistribution of um, prize money down the chain as well. But um, as a starting point, I think it's going to do a lot for, for club football all around the world. Absolutely. And last week we uh, previewed the final group games in the Champions League and the AFC Cup. And unfortunately, uh, Melbourne City didn't go through, although the Mariners and the Bulls did in the AFC Cup. Does, uh, does that damage our coefficient for the top competition? It it does and it doesn't. I mean, they'll be ruining that um, that set piece for a long while. Melbourne City they just had to hold on um, for thirty more seconds and they would have been through. Um, I was looking at the the club rankings the other day. We're neck and neck with Malaysia at the moment for for fifth and sixth. They're just ahead of us at the moment. Perhaps if you know the Mariners or Macarthur go on to to do well in the AFC Cup, it'll edge us back ahead. But fifth and sixth, you earn the same slot allocation, so it doesn't make too much difference with your fifth or sixth, but getting the extra points had City gone through um, would have been good further down the line as well for, for coefficient points are about 18 points behind Thailand now as well. So we've got a lot of ground to make up. So any points that we can earn along the way are going to be valuable um, in the grand scheme of things. So City missing out does hurt us a little bit in, in that regard. Um, it was pretty disappointing. They did pretty much everything they needed to do. As I said, they had 30 seconds to hold on, defend one corner and they're, they're pretty much through um, and they couldn't get the job done. And two years now in a row, I mean, they're a little, a little bit unlucky than the fact that they've only lost one game in, in 12 and haven't made it through either way. But um, two pretty soft groups and haven't been able to get out is, is pretty disappointing for Melbourne City. Mm. 
Uh, topping the group in the AFC Cup, Hans MacArthur, a zonal semi against Sabah of uh, Malaysia, while the Mariners are going to entertain Phnom Penh Crown. Both Australian clubs at home, and it's uh, a one-off game. What can you tell us briefly, of course, about uh, their opposition? I mean, we've seen it already this this campaign. You know, MacArthur went to, to Cambodia and, and lost to Phnom Penh. So um, at home, you'd expect the the two Australian teams to be to be too strong. Um, you know, Sabah did did well in in their other group as well, um, finishing top of that group. But yeah, one off games at home, you'd expect the Australian teams to be too strong. They get them through to the um, the zonal final, where one of them will obviously make it through. And then you look, you know, beyond that at the teams that are going to be in the interzone section. It's Odisha from India, Abdish Atta from Kyrgyzstan, and and Taichung from from Taiwan. There's absolutely nothing to fear for any of the Australian sides if they get. Well, one of them hopefully will get through um, the ASEAN zone section. They should be then looking to at least make the the final, um, which I think unfortunately this year is going to be hosted in the West as a, a one-off game because it was in the East last year. Um, so we won't get to host it, but they should be at least then aiming to get through to the final and, and hopefully lift the trophy. Yep. Uh, if the Aussie clubs go through, and this is, if my maths is correct, they're going to the zonal final, then it's the interzone semi-final, then the interzone playoff final, and then the final. Jeez, it's not easy to work out all this. Uh, let's talk a bit of domestic football before we close, Paolo. Uh, to Saudi Arabia, Al-Halal have built up a 10-point lead at the top over al Nasser, uh, who do have a game in hand. But uh, the future of a one Steven Gerrard as coach of Al-Etifak is in doubt. A run of only one win in 11 matches. And next up, he's got al Nasser and Cristiano Ronaldo to contend with. Who are in a ridiculous vein of form themselves, so you can't see Etifak getting... Something from that game, they're going to to need to. I mean, they started pretty well under Gerard, but they've fallen in a heap since then. And he made some some pretty strong comments um, this week um, that the club uh, needs to invest and invest heavily um, in the the January transfer window. Um, they they did that in the off season, so I guess he wants them to to go back to the well again. And basically said that the club needs to back him because they need a lot of investment in a lot of areas. Um, if they're going to uh, to climb back up the table, they've been linked with a move for um, for Bobby Firmino from Alakli, who looks like he's going to go out on loan um, in the uh, the January window because he's out of favour at at Alakli. So perhaps he might link up with uh, with another Liverpool legend. But there is certainly pressure starting to mount on uh, on Steven Gerrard because uh, it's a big money signing. I think they expected uh, a lot more for him from him at uh, at this point of the season. Uh, one more, Paolo, before we let you go. A uh, little bit of history in Iran, I'm told this evening. 3,000 female fans are going to be allowed into the Azadi Stadium for the big clash between Persepolis and Esteglal. That's uh, a first. Is that a sign of, of things to come or, or maybe the Iranian authorities bowing to the pressure internally? Hopefully. Um I, I think that game was actually last week, in fact. Oh, that, was it? That game was I thought played. it was tonight. Sorry. It was. Yeah, and no, I think there was there was that that game was a finished in a one-all draw. I think between Persepolis and, and Esteglal. I think a last-minute equaliser for Esteglal. I think it might have been. There was certainly a last-minute equaliser. So um, yeah, massive massive crowd again, and yeah, and and three thousand female fans were were inside, which is which is great to see. You'd, you'd love to see more of it, but at least it's it's something, and it's the beginning, and hopefully. We've seen it before in Iran where they let a limited number of female fans in, then they go a couple of steps back and then they ban them again. They just need to continue to go down this path. Um, I know, you know, um, Gianni Infantino has been pl- applying a little bit of 
pressure himself from FIFA to uh, to get um, that ban overturned. So hopefully it's the start of something positive in Iran and we can see uh, more female fans in the stands. It's long, long, long overdue. Absolutely. Here, here. Uh, Paolo, as ever, thanks so much for tonight and for all your hard work in 2023. It's our final show of the year. So uh, Merry Christmas Christmas, and a Happy New Year to you. And to you guys, look forward to chatting next year.